From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. This is Eric Wakeling here with Matt Doan. So, how was your week? You had some big stuff happen. We talked about this coming last week. We talked about it previous, and now we're on the other side of it. So we dropped off our oldest daughter Mm -hmm. um, many, many miles away, 25 miles away, Mm. 15 miles away at Biola. But still, she's not living in our home. That's what I always say. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, Biola does it right. They uh, have this whole ceremony on Friday night of kind of that opening weekend where they do worship. President Barry Corey does kind of this powerful, inspirational message. And then you take communion as a family. Mm-hmm. And then you basically like have this moment of departure where your kids head to their dorms and you head to your car. Yeah. So that was that was a tough and it was a joyful moment because we we're just so confident that um, she's in the right place. Mm-hmm. But it's also a tough moment for us. And so my littlest cried and my Aww. wife cried and I was getting pretty emotional myself. So. Yeah, it's, um, that's good and sweet and hard. It's all those things, man. Yes, props to all these parents. Yeah, I've Who've it, done this I, over the I decades. Told, <laughs> yeah, I told me I feel like I've unlocked a new um, arena of parenting in our lives. Like, yeah. whoa, this is the whole like goodbye part of parenting. Yep, where you're like kind of like saying goodbye consistently. Yeah, with adult children, it's kind of. I mean, it's like I've always said like parenting is. I mean, eighteen to. 60 years, you know, whatever, but like the, the whole like childhood part, it's like 18 years of slowly leading towards like saying goodbye. Yeah. It's like them becoming, it's, I mean, it's child develop, human development is right. like, is like individuation, um, you know, independent, growing in your independence, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And, but it's just, it's like this slow, 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 slow. And then it kind of like speeds up when they get their driver's license. I yeah. feel like, you know, and then, and then you're like, Oh, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> And I know because it was that was like a rough thing for me, too. And so I I get it. It's like so sad, even though it's even though they're close and it's a gift that they're close right. for us, but they still aren't living in your house. Right. Like even this morning where, you know, the other five of us are getting ready breakfast, little conversations you have. Yes. Just in the hallway, the bathroom, that type of stuff. We're just yeah, she's not there for those type of things. So oh, she's also not there to like drive your other kids around, too. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's definitely that's a real issue. We, uh, we had our 15 year old watch the other two kids <laughs> last night when Marie and I um, went out. And uh, yeah, he was did, a, did I don't want someone on the bus, but it's not quite the nurturer that his sister is. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's so true. Yeah. And, and how about you? Because I'm. You also had a daughter leave after being home for all the whole summer. Yeah, right? so Grace was home all summer, and and Biola was May fifth to August twenty sixth. She went back. It's a long break. Like, that's a pretty long break, which yeah. is like a long time. So I remember the first couple of weeks was kind of hard, like getting used to each other again when she was home, mm-hmm. and then it was like, oh, I feel like we've had like one of our best mm-hmm. summers together, like yeah. all of us, and and uh, the our two daughters too are also like just super bonded, and so I love. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's really really great. They love each other, and they're over four years apart so that's even like a super gift to us because sometimes mm-hmm. that could be you know a thing that keeps them farther apart maybe till later or something you're mm-hmm. in your 20s and then all of a sudden you get close like that yeah. that happens sometimes but um she yeah so grace went to school on saturday um moved into her dorm room and yeah so there were some there like it seemed like the girls were actually both like a little bit sad mm-hmm. so that was that was awesome 
Hmm. I was away at a fantasy football draft. (laughs) (laughs) That's where it gets different, like junior year. You know, it's like you could possibly miss it, even though it's still sad. It's like, right. It's not quite the momentum or momentous occasion. (laughs) Exactly. For sure. They don't have a junior parents like communion service. (laughs) They should. I think that would be good. Drop them off. They actually, one last thing about the (laughs) dorm stuff that just triggered when you said dorm. Um, we pulled up with all of Lily's, all of Lily's stuff, her whole life, like packed into our car. Yeah. And they had like 50 people outside her dorm. They were like all assigned to do this. And as soon as we pulled up, they all came up like, can we take stuff? And they took all of her stuff in like a minute and a half. That's it was just amazing. incredible. Because I was thinking like, oh, I'm just going to take the whole day to like take stuff from the car to the dorm room, car to the dorm room. And yeah, it was just all gone in like two minutes. I will tell you, they did not have that two years ago. Really? No, but oh, it was still it was still like a little bit COVID-y. Yes. We even had to like go. It was this big long line of cars, and you had to show proof of like vaccination or Whoa. something like for the student. Yes. Um, and stuff like that because it was still like in that kind of phase. Right. And then it was like you had to be masked the whole time mm-hmm. that you were like there. It was kind of like a bummer. Yeah. So that yeah. and then that I think it was like three weeks later or something that because it was county because bio is la county la county was pretty strict right um so and then biology just doesn't want to risk losing all their you know licenses or Mm -hmm. whatever that is sure um so anyway it's uh pretty but that was like that was harder we had to carry all that stuff up trip (laughs) trip 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 but i wonder how like this is at different schools because even in different eras like i mean my parents just took me yeah just there was no like ceremonies or anything it's just like you just got dropped off and then you kind of like you had to go meet with maybe some like counselor or something that like told uh-huh. you what to do or something. Yeah, know? we had like formal registration like activities. Yeah. and there were some like activities for the kids to do, but it yeah. was no like the things for parents. That was not a thing. Yeah, not at all. So that's. Uh, do definitely you think grown. that? Do you think that kind of even shows just the the wave of parenting that we're in right now? Like parents are so hands on with their kids, and not that they weren't in the yeah. past as far as, but it was a different type of hands on. It was like. Yeah, Danica Dunham, our elementary pastor, uh-huh. did a like chapel last week for staff, and she was talking about how generations of like parent, how generations parent differently or mm-hmm. whatever. Because the Gen Xers, we were like the latchkey kids, right? Mm-hmm. We were known as latchkey kids, which meant like that meant you had to hide a key to get in the house because your yeah. parents weren't home when you got home from school, right? And so we had like parents who were a little more removed, like that mm-hmm. was like, kind of the first. I mean, at first, but like the the big boom into the era of like mom's work yes. and stuff like that. And so like we, our parents were kind of more hands off. And so mm-hmm. they, she was saying how then it skips a generation mm-hmm. and then they, those people become more hands on huh. or, or something like, or no, the way you were the parented, response. you, you, you yeah. respond to the opposite. Yeah. So like Gen Xers have been maybe some of those like helicopter parents yes. and stuff like that. So I wonder if like those older Gen Xers, super young boomers, like we're, we're that kind of, you know, people like this super hands-on helicopter parents. And they realize like, Oh, we've got to like develop some systems for these yeah. helicopter parents to get out of here. Right. And, like, to can also care for them. You know? Yeah. There was a funny, <laughs> there was a seminar actually as part of like the orientation for freshmen for parents and the whole seminar run by Dr. Muhoff, who's come and spoken oh, yeah. here before was about like, you need to let go. Yes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Let them be adults. Let yeah. them be. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was funny. You might not have to do that, you know, 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. So then, yeah, you said we had a fantasy football draft. I was also part of that, which was yes. fun. We won't get a ton into that other than um, football is a great sport. I love football. That's right. Um, and then it was your birthday. Oh, yeah. It was my birthday yesterday as of this recording. So yeah. on Sunday was my birthday. It was a good day. So, yeah, it was fun. Um, 
it's always like I like being at church. I think it's always funny. Like any kind of whether it's in the middle of the week or any job I ever had, like as a, even as a kid or whatever, you have to work on your birthday. It's always like or a school. I don't want to go to school. On my birthday. <laughs> I know, right? You know, so that you have this like. So it was still it was fun to be here, but you still had kind of had to like do some stuff, sure. right? And uh, but it was fun. People are super nice. Like mm-hmm. everybody's kind of like I don't know. People were especially after you had announced it to everyone that it was my birthday. So then everybody <laughs> knew. Um, but uh, and then I got all these, it was funny because you announced it. And then I got all these like messages from people that had talked to me before. But church, hadn't said anything. But yes, hadn't said anything yes. They didn't know. They're like, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was your birthday. I'm like, I don't expect you to know it's my birthday. <laughs> so we've talked about this probably about a year ago here on this podcast. But I had lunch with one of our missionaries about a year ago. OK, we had a wonderful lunch. Talked about all talked about the Lord, talked about our families, said goodbye. I came back to the office and yes. I had notification somehow that it was his birthday. I had just had lunch with him <laughs> on his birthday and he had not said a word. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> I, know, so. I know, I know. Help me out. <laughs> but also, I'm not going to go up or like, Talking to like some couple before church starts and be like, it's my birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday today. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Isn't it fun? <laughs> but yeah, that's so, a good point. So that was good. And then we went to some friend's house for lunch okay. that we normally have like a regular kind of Sunday kind uh-huh. of rhythm with. Uh, usually it's dinner, but we just had a little lunch over there. Watched, watched the Formula One race. Ooh. And then, because I like that. And then uh, B and I went out to a restaurant called Broadway in Laguna that we Whoa. really, really love. Yes. So, um, Broadway bar, it's called Broadway by Amar Santana. Huh. That's like the name of the chef. Fancy. I know. And he was on top chef. He was on top chef all stars that I just watched. And then he was sitting at the table next to us with some couple that like, I think are investors or something in the restaurant. Did you say anything? No, I didn't say anything. What? I was like trying to just be a little more cool about it. Are you like, Mm, mm, that's just so good. Mm. <laughs> I know it was. I kind of was thinking about that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, what a good day. Yeah, and then we went out and got, because that's down in Laguna, yep. like pretty close to Main Beach. And yeah. so we went and then grabbed an ice cream at that at the little spot kind of, I don't know, it's like right there by the beach. And yeah. then just went out and sat on the bench and watched oh, the sunset. It was a beautiful night last night, yeah, too. Yeah, beautiful night. There's this guy just like, playing like usually i'm kind of annoyed by these things but there's a guy playing acoustic guitar into a speaker yeah and a mic like on the like next to the beach like just sitting on one of those benches on the boardwalk yeah and but he was playing like nice chill kind of like bob bob marley stuff yeah. or you know just real was, good like kind of chill acoustic stuff and it was good and i was like <laughs> oh this is perfect so we had a, just a great little time oh that's great i was actually down there last night too what hoping to get an invite to your birthday Dang. but no big deal um been fun but no, my uh, small group uh, went to yeah. Salt Creek, and uh, if you and this is just an idea for the listener. It's such a fun thing to do, especially on nice nights like that. So Salt Creek, you park uh, off of PCH. Uh, you can look that up, Google it. It's like a dollar per hour to park, so it's not like super expensive. Getting into the details, but cool. And, yeah. and there's this whole grassy knoll yeah. that looks down over the beach, and you just bring your like picnic t- picnic mm-hmm. there have your like lawn chairs and you just sit and watch the sunset it's awesome we've it never is. done that before it's an awesome spot. so i would highly yeah. recommend that if anyone has an open you know friday night saturday night sunday night head down there yeah enjoy salt creek at sunset yeah it's pretty cool it is a huge massive grass hill yeah and then the beach is at the very bottom right and there's even like a basketball court mm-hmm. and like a snack bar and stuff like that too if you just yeah. forget, if you forget food b and i did that like a month ago we stopped at there's like a gelson's nearby uh-huh. we stopped there and got like some just some food and yeah s- sat there with some f- other friends too so yeah it was good. so yeah. head on down yeah man if you don't get invited to eric's party you can 
Eric's party. Still make your own. Eric's party that was party of two. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> How you feeling <clears throat> age-wise? 49, dude. Okay. So I'm one year away from yeah. the big five zero. Yeah. I know. It feels like the introduction to being old. <laughs> 50, 49, I feel like you're still, I don't know, 40s, you're like middle. Yeah. 50 is the beginning of oldness. And no offense to any of your listeners that are. No, I'm saying it about me. So if like I'm including you, I'm sorry. You're yeah. old. You, you just have to accept it. <laughs> so anything, you don't have to act like it. So anything 50 and above is old? Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Don't you think? You're going to try to be nice. I don't know. Uh, Doesn't mean you have to act like you're old right. or live like you're old, but you're kind of getting old. Is it like Psalm 34? It's one of the 30s where Moses says, um, 70 years is promised to man, maybe 80. Oh, uh, yeah, but, yeah. You know, basically, like, take advantage or stock of your years. So it yeah. feels like Moses was calling 70 old. Yeah, yeah. I think he was saying, like, you're dead then. <laughs> because, like, lifespan was not the same. Like, you know, is 70, 80, like, back in that time, that's, like, you're, that's when you're dead. He's talking right. about your whole life. Right. That's the allotment you're given. So I think now what's, like, what is it, like, 85 or something, uh-huh. like, kind of lifespan? Yeah. So then that means 40, like, two or three halfway is half his middle age like yeah. the, the middle of life sure so really anything i guess over 43 is old yeah <laughs> it's just bonus at that point it's just bonus just years people angry right now <laughs> i'm not old but i think i just say because i was talking to be about this i said i think as i've gotten older there are certain things that i don't like doing anymore because i'm older so huh. it's like you can tell like oh yeah i don't you know, I even said last night, like, I wanted to sit here on the edge of the boardwalk. I might have before went and sat on the sand itself <laughs> with my actual just normal clothes on. Sure. And then you're like, oh, now I'm like, I don't want to get the car sandy. <laughs> I don't want that my pockets get filled with sand. Or you know what I mean? Or that kind of thing. It's right. just kind of like, eh. Right. I'd rather have the air conditioning on. Right. I'd probably rather have like a little bit. I'd rather have off the boat than Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, there's certain foods that like you just can't stomach anymore, yeah, right? Exactly. My dad used to always say, I like pizza, but pizza doesn't like me. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That's right. That's right. I don't play a lot of basketball anymore, but I have other sports I like to stay active, you know? Yeah. So there's certain, you know, I still surf, whatever. But I said, I don't think I'll ever stop being silly. <laughs> like, I think I'm just always like, because that feels like sad when you get old and you're not like silly anymore yeah some people just are always serious like their whole life they're a little more serious than others sure but i've i feel like i'm gonna be serious when it's time to be serious yeah i'm gonna be silly when it's time to be silly right right (laughs) yeah i hope the same for myself yeah dude yeah i don't think we take life too seriously like no but we take the serious stuff really seriously yeah right like so anyway that's uh but i don't want to be like a curmudgeon that's also like these young people's music's too loud or whatever, you know? <laughs> uh, we did have something uh, last night sitting on the grass at Salt Creek, and uh, this, like, college group of kids came and sat, like, pretty close to us, and they just started playing rap really yeah, loud. Yeah, yeah, and it's this peaceful spot. And I was like, yeah. oh, man, like, yeah, why do you think See, that everyone wants your music? Get off my lawn. Yeah, that's what I was feeling. <laughs> that's what I was totally feeling at, 40, no. at 48. Yeah, See, I do feel that kind of stuff, too. The biggest, like, one of the biggest annoyances to me is people that you're in a very, like, crowded public place. Like, let's say airport um, gate, waiting at the gate in the seats. And they just watch videos full blast on their phones. Yeah. With no headphones. And you're just like. That's a pet peeve. Yeah, dude. Like, just what? No one else wants to watch your video. (laughs) 
Like, turn that off. Like, I'm reading or I'm watching my thing or I'm right. whatever. Talk. I'm trying to talk to somebody. Right. So, yeah. So, see, you got, I got some curmudgeon stuff. All right. So, what else is on your list of curmudgeon stuff? curmudgeon stuff. Now that you're 49. <sighs> that video thing's a real deal. <laughs> um, I would say I don't like when people walk on the... Like I think you should be on the right side of the sidewalk or the or the or the aisleway. Like if you're like walking through the mall, if you walk towards me and I'm on the right, that's annoying. Like no, move over. Everyone's walking this direction. Like why are you over here walking in that direction? Oh, that's funny. Do you know what I'm saying though? Yeah, sorta. I think I am. Might be. I might be the guy uh, that does. You probably are. I don't even pay attention to that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like 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 cars. Like cars drive on the right. Right. And it's like people. And we we can all move. We're all good here. Right. But then there's just some random person that's just walking, and then inevitably they'll be looking at their phone. Yeah. And then you're just like, dude. Okay, that's a different story. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. yeah. I had <laughs> someone today in the Calvary parking lot. Oh, school Calvary was getting lot. here. Preschool kids are getting here. So it's a, it's a big, you know, crowd between eight and eight to twenty. And uh, what's happening over there? I dropped my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to look stuff up. Um, and a car. So we have arrows here in the parking lot. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. a one-way entrance. This is a one-way. And someone came the opposite way. That's dangerous. And so I had a little moment of like, okay, you're you're, you're bucking the system here. Yep. But I remembered what I preached yesterday. <laughs> Put it in reverse. <laughs> just went backwards. And that person just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. And then With finally no kind of realize it. No, like, did no, they give you the so- I'm sorry wave? Yeah. Because so there is the oops, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I have a lot of grace on our, our school parents because they're not here. or there's, It's a new year. Yeah. might be a new student, that kind of thing. I so. mean, all the parking places are facing a certain direction. It, that's your, not that that's hard. typically your clue. Yeah. <laughs> and the giant arrows <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. But I mean, regardless, even if you didn't preach on that, you, you're like, you are a nice person no matter what. But also in that situation, you have to be nice no matter what. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shepherd leader here at Calvary. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah, <sighs> totally. And I know that you would do the same thing at the main place mall. I hope that's the thing, right? Yeah, I hope. Yeah. For yeah. sure. You're not a big screamer at people, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> Although I was telling Marie this just a couple days ago. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I've had literally three or four people just honk, yell at me in the last week and a half Ooh. when I've been driving. And so I'm like, now that could be I just have run into a lot of angry, mean people. Mm-hmm. Or it could be my driving hasn't been so good the last week and a half. Yeah, that's true. And I, I'm kind of leaning on the second on the second part of that. Like it's, it's not a, I mean, I, I hardly ever have anyone honk at me, but I've had several people honk in the last few days. Do you think <laughs> you are not paying attention to certain things? I think maybe the emotion <laughs> of having a daughter leave our house. Yeah, you're you're absent-minded right now, right? Right. I think there's other things going on in my mind, and I, I may have cut off a person or two accidentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed we have a new driver in our home. Yeah. And sometimes it's like... The issue isn't driving too fast. It's driving too slow. Yes. Here in SoCal, that's for sure a situation. Yeah. And so then you're like, this is actually dangerous. Like you need to speed up because, and you're going to get people angry. That's when you're going to get the angry people. Like if you're going 35 in a 55 zone, people are like not happy about that. Okay. But here's a pet peeve of mine. (laughs) I feel like if you're in the slowest lane possible and you're going slow, like people should be like, all right, they're doing what they should do. They're in the slowest lane. Yes. What, maybe they have something, maybe their cars, something's yes. going on with it, or they're just unconfident. Yeah. 
it's the person in the second, third fast lane. Yeah, I would if they're going that. slow, that it's like, okay, I don't have tolerance for you. But I, I get frustrated when people get mad at me for being the slow lane and they want to go fast in that lane. Mm. It's like, come on, how slow are you going, dude? Because <laughs> that could be a thing. It's well, one thing to go like fifty-five on the freeway and a sixty-five, but if you're going like thirty-five, no, no, and you no. don't got stuff hanging out the back of your car <laughs> or something, you know, something. Or you look, if if you don't look 90 years old, like a little grandma, <laughs> little grandma doing that, it's like, okay, we have grace. Got some yeah. grace. But no, this is good lead into our topic for it today, is. which it, it is, is uh, really good. We're, we're judging one another. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we also do it. We, we will have some listener mailbag later. Yeah, we do have a few questions. Yeah, we got a few questions. And uh, so we appreciate those questions. For sure. Um, yeah. And I, I'm curious, like, I didn't get anybody like with questions or feedback on their favorite uh, TV judge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's funny. I would definitely go with uh, Judge Wapner as well. I'm, yeah. I'm team Wapner. We're both child of the yes. 80s, all right? Yes. And it's like, and every single one of those shows is just a copycat of, <laughs> yeah, for of, sure. of the people's court. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but they just like turn the dial up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you know? get a little bit more uh, spicy. <laughs> yeah. We actually have a pretty prominent judge I know. In our church. I was wondering if you're going to mention him. And um, I actually went up to him afterwards and it was like, ah, because of your role, I don't know if you wanted to publicly be identified here at church. Yeah. He's like, thank you so much. He's like, yeah, I don't really want people coming up. They're like, hey, I have this case. Could you? Uh... Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I was right on the fence of mentioning him as one of those I was wondering famous judges. I, I totally had that. Everything you just said, I had run through my head <laughs> that I thought might happen. You right. know, because like, oh, I hope he, oh, it might be cool if he does. Oh, maybe he shouldn't. Well, maybe you really shouldn't, you yeah. know, like that kind of thing. Like, right. yeah, he didn't. That was good, actually. Yeah. So, but like, there is this. There is a guy who is a superior court judge in our church yes. that is like very, like respected and influential in that yeah. whole world. So he's awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, being a judge, we've so we've been in like his uh his uh yes. What's it called? The back chambers. The back chambers. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that was one of the highlights of yes. my life was getting to go back and see what judges' chambers are like. And that was like when it was like the presiding judge of the superior court. Yes, big too. deal. So it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and so it was fancy chambers. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool to that see. Was. It was a lot fancier than what you normally see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, being a judge, and then I couldn't help think of like Rain Man because I love that movie. Like when he's like, definitely Wapner, <laughs> Wapner in thirty minutes. <laughs> oh, that's such a great line. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so then uh, <laughs> should have said that. <laughs> I don't know though. Uh, <laughs> feels better for the pod. Um, but yeah, so you had a bunch of little like phrases like, yeah. don't, don't judge a book by its cover. Sure. Only God can judge me. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're so judgy. That's like a. Yeah. It would be like a diss, right? Like right. to be, call someone judgy. It is. And and we live in this culture that's so so anti being judgmental. Like yeah. there is that is like the one of the core negative traits. I think people would say. Well, and I even would argue towards Christians. There's a yep. there's a stereotype that Christians are so judgy. Yep. Uh, Kinnaman and Gabe Lyons wrote this wonderful book called "You Lost Me." It came out like boy 2012, 13, yeah. something like that. So it's been out for a while. But in their research, I think it was like one of the, the main perceptions of Christians is uh, overly judgmental mm-hmm. uh, from the secular world, which mm-hmm. is, it's true. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It is interesting. I, uh, <laughs> you, cause you were like, you were kind of like doing a lot of little like introductory references. Yeah. You know, you had like Wapner, <laughs> you had all these quotes. 
you had these ladies that were sitting on the bench, which I like. That was, and that's so true because B and I even were walking around talking about how, oh my goodness, it's so what we do. Like when you walk around, like because people you're, watch you're down Laguna on Sunday night, and there's just like people everywhere. And you're just interesting. Like, these people. people are so weird. Yes. And, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So just identifying people. That was actually from. It was that was a photo quote from something that's fascinating me over the years. It's called People of New York. And it's oh, this yeah. whole thing. That I think it might have even humans come out. of New York. Humans of New York. Yeah, yeah. When you're out in New York, they have like these um, billboards, like on bus stops and stuff, or, or subways where mm-hmm. you see it. And it's what they were. It was this one guy who started as like a dissertation project, and he was just taking photos of regular people in New York City. Yeah. And he's like, with, with, with this city that's so packed, you kind of dehumanize people. Mm-hmm. So this whole project was to put people's faces and stories. So that you realize the people you walk through in the subway stations or the streets actually are real people. And now it's become like this full thing over the last decade where there's like a couple different books and it's people's stories. And it's fascinating. It is pretty fascinating. Someone at some point gave me what like the the OG Humans in New York book. And it's like super interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, So, yeah, that was that was ripped out of that. And then you had this one tweet that you read. And this was the funniest part to me. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was this. This tweet by this guy, Dustin oh, Nickerson. No, this is was, painful. If you love feel like Judge Ackerman, I highly recommend making the mistake I did this morning and wear Birkenstocks to Home Depot. And it was literally crickets. The quietest I've heard the worship center. It felt it felt like we were in a golf match. Tiger Woods was about to tee off and everyone's like, quiet, quiet. Yeah. It was I, quieter than when I asked people to like do silent listening prayer. I, I more feel coughing like, and stuff then. I feel like I wanna I I've uh, Dustin Nickerson and I are bros. We we message back and forth, and I feel like I want to just throw him under the bus. And be like, man, this joke, this joke. You might not want to take it on the road. It didn't work. It didn't work in real time. What was funny is after like a couple seconds of the silence, I just started laughing really hard. I heard you. <laughs> yeah, but it was not because the joke was funny, but it was because I was laughing at the moment. It was such a good speaker it was, moment. It was. <sighs> it felt like an eternity up there. Oh man, yeah. Because I've had a couple of jokes bomb recently too, and yeah. it's just man, you just started. Oh, I thought that was funnier than it. I know. Dang. What's interesting though, when we used to do multiple <laughs> services here at Calvary, yeah, sometimes you would throw out a joke in one service that would be crickets, yeah, and yeah. in the next service it would kill. Yes, so you're you right. just never know. <laughs> it's just kind of how you deliver it. What's up? But this is two weeks in a row I've had a joke just go flat. The last week it was hey, Calvary Church, Florida, and. No one that laughed. That was actually good, though. I yeah, don't understand. Yeah, but no one laughed. I, know. And, I, know. Yeah. I was with you on that one. Though. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's <And> funny. <laughs> and then you did the David Brooks thing, which was all yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, why are we so mean? But it is interesting. So that we're in this era where, yeah, we're probably with our friends or even spouses, like casually judgmental to lots of people. Mm-hmm. Then... Um, we also are in this culture of like, uh, internet warfare, yep. you know, uh, yep. and then, uh, just, and then that's just the polarization, which causes us to like judge people instantly. Yeah. Um, you, you know, people would judge us for living in California, like mm-hmm. people that are in like Boise or, <laughs> sure. you know, or Dallas or totally. whatever are like, Hey, you know, Oh wow. You Californians are all X, you right. know, that kind of thing. Yep. And, um, so there's just like all sorts of judgmentalisms. It's, um, isn't it amazing? Jesus gave this sermon 2000 years ago, and yet it's so relevant for the moment we're living in right now, both last week with love your enemies, yep. 
don't judge. It's like right where we're living. Yeah, exactly. And even like what's interesting is because even like next week, it's going to be a little bit into this, like how does one produce good fruit yeah. in their life? And it has this sense of uh, introspection that is like and self-examination that needs to take part mm-hmm. in that as well. And so it's kind of like leading towards that. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's like you've had this don't judge, you know, love your enemies. And then it's like, Hey, if you want to be able to produce good fruit in your life, you need to be examining all this stuff right. that I've just talked about right? and the blessing and curses, the woes, yeah. and, you know, all that. And so, um, anyway, that's, um, it's like, this is, this is a hard thing. Cause it's mm-hmm. sort of like, you've got this, uh, like what happens sort of instinctually in your head mm-hmm. and then what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of maybe like anger or something mm-hmm. like in your anger, do not sin. Yes. Or something. Like, so you, yeah, you'll have these like judgmental thoughts maybe, but it's, yeah. it's like taking every thought captive. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to like chat about it in some yeah, different ways so than you did on Sunday too. Yeah. I showed a photo of uh, <laughs> an AI generated uh, iceberg. Right. And so we're talking through the idea that the Pharisees and, and, and really us, it can be so easy just to focus on what's above the surface, what people see. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of even just our, our love or hate of enemies, our judgment, our judgment of other people, it's below the surface. It's internal. It's things that maybe you wouldn't see. You can be sitting on a park bench at Laguna yeah. and judging people as they walk by, yeah. but really no one ever sees that. They just, it's kind of more of an internal monologue or something or just something with your spouse or yeah. friend. Yeah. And yet, God cares about the heart. God cares about the things that no one else sees. Yes. And then I think the argument is eventually what's in the heart, what's below the surface is going to come out. Right. And so Jesus is, is, is wanting to deal with it almost at the like cellular level. Like mm-hmm. let's, let's deal with this at the eternal heart issue um, <laughs> before it even becomes something that's above the surface. And so, yeah, it's good. So relevant to us. I think the thing though, with all of these the Beatitudes, um, these last two weeks of sermons. And I really like that we've titled this, what if Jesus was serious? Cause there is a sense of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the ideal. Mm-hmm. But we all know we don't really live. We can't live there. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I liked what you said at the end, I think as you're closing yesterday's service of like, this can only be done through the power of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. That's the only hope we have is mm-hmm. somehow for God to supernaturally give us this, these traits. Mm-hmm. Cause we can't, we can't right. do it. Right. I was actually thinking about, cause I started working on my talk for next Sunday this morning or, you know, working on it again mm-hmm. this, this morning. And I was thinking about, it was talking about producing fruit and like comparing to like actual trees. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about how, like the thought of how a apple <laughs> comes out of a tree <laughs> is like a miracle. It's crazy. Totally. Like we don't understand it. And so it's like that same way of like, yes. okay, can we actually bear produce fruit in our lives? That's, Loving our enemies' fruit, not judging fruit, like that yeah. kind of fruit in our yeah. lives—that's a miracle. Like yes. it's an absolute. It's just as much of a miracle as like all of a sudden, like some stop motion photography or yeah. whatever, like watching a, a flower come out and then that flower suddenly just like becomes an yes. apple that we can eat and like <laughs> receive crazy. sustenance. It's like wild. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I love that analogy. Yeah. I know. I know that's cool. Yeah. So there, there is a sense I think that we're fighting against in, in this whole sermon of like, oh yeah, that's cool, Jesus, good for you. Mm-hmm. None of us really live there, so let's just grade on a curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there does seem to be some type of standard that God's calling us up to. Mm-hmm. And that, how rad would it be? I think we said this yesterday, but how rad if Calvary, the people of Calvary, not just Calvary, but followers of Jesus that we know were just marked by these things of 
being non-judgmental, not condemning, right? Being quick to forgive, being generous. Yeah. I mean, what if what if people just even the casual neighbor just is like, man, I don't agree with them. I think those are some crazy ideas, beliefs they have. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Those people aren't judgmental. They right. don't condemn people. They're right. super forgiving and they're generous. I I gotta give them that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that would be that would be awesome. And that doesn't mean you don't have convictions. Yes. That's what's like, you know, sometimes it's like so hard because somebody's like argument will be, well, you know, we have to stand for truth or whatever. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. Um, It's like a lot of this stuff's interesting. It's kind of like the way you do it more Mm -hmm. than like exactly what you do, or it's not saying don't ever talk to somebody about what you think or believe about an issue. It's like how you talk to them about it. Yes. Yeah. And Uh, you know, the Bible it, this is some stuff to dwell, meditate through because it's, it, it's tricky. There's a whole book called judges. Like we said yesterday, there's 460 verses plus that talk about, um, judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul seems to just go after the Corinthians yeah. for their sexual morality among them. Well, what do you think? Can I ask you actually a question yeah. here about, so it does seem to be that the Bible speaks that we have more of a role of judging those within the church but we shouldn't judge those outside of the church. Mm-hmm. But what do you, Yeah. what does that look like? Or what do you think about that? I don't know if there's anything. That you, Boy, that's you, such you a good question. And that, um, <coughs> that sort of goes to the discernment versus judgment mm-hmm. kind of, if you could split hairs in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's times when in, in the body of Christ, it's described as a body. It's described as arms, and yeah. legs and, and a head, head as being Christ. And so there's a sense like, you know, my sweet little eight year old broke her wrist a few weeks ago and it's being repaired. There's a cast around it right now. It's having to be treated gently as it heals. But there was a sense that we had to address it because it was a broken yeah. part of her body. And so I think when there's broken parts of the body, we are, we're, we're called, as faithful and loving brothers and sisters to help restore and repair that. Um, and often that can mean confrontation. Matthew 18 talks about, you know, if you see a brother in sin, mm-hmm. there's some very specific intentional ways to do that. It's not just off the cuff. Right. Um, Galatians chapter six says, if you, if you see a brother in sin, um, come alongside him. It says, restore them. The word is gently in, in English, which yep. is such a cool term. Come along some gently. And then it says, but be careful that you're not tempted too." Mm-hmm. And so it's a really interesting, there's, there's all these guardrails to when we approach people in sin or approach people for correction. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be something that just comes with no thought intention to it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was even looking up first uh, Corinthians five, like, so, yeah. cause like you said, Paul like calls out Corinth and he right. even says, um, I meant you're not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer. Yeah yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. Yeah. And then he says, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, mm-hmm. He says, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. Mm-hmm. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. Mm-hmm. Now that's an interesting passage. It is like, that's, you know, okay. What is that? Like, how does that get played out? Right. And my sort of my, con- like, like the thing I would say, my contention would be that we 
do that, but we also live that in the same way of loving one another mm-hmm. and doing this in the, in the most loving and caring way possible. Right. But it does feel like at times there is the, the time where you need to be able to bring discipline yeah. of some sort or some form of quote unquote judgment. Yeah. Paul Romans, the last four or five chapters of Romans, it's all about love one another. There's so many one another's in there. Yeah. So it seems like in this case, it's someone who's rejected yep. counsel, rejected conviction of the spirit. Yep yet still wants all the benefits of being part of the family. Yeah, exactly. So it almost be, I got to think this announced a little bit so you can, it might have some holes in it, but it almost be like a child who's like, I'm not going to follow your rules. Um, I'm not going to be part of this family, but I'm still want to live here and have all the benefits of, right. I I don't know if that even totally makes sense, but like, no, I know. And maybe of a certain age, but you see where some people are like, Hey, like this is within, within this, like you can't just, be here and be like abusing your mother, yeah. you know, and be a 16 right. year old and live in this house. Right. Like, yeah, that's not, that's mm-hmm. not okay. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, cause even the, these things it says are pretty intense stuff of like worshiping idols, abusive, mm-hmm. you know, cheating mm-hmm. people. So like, you know, cheating people within the body, it's yeah. like that person has to be called out for that. Like yeah. We've, I've had to, I've actually had to do that before. Yeah. Um, and, um, so it's not just, a lot of times what happens is like, it's just sexual sin. It's like the only <laughs> thing that ever gets called yeah. out, uh, but the greedy person doesn't get called out, you mm-hmm. know? So we have to like be kind of like aware of how that kind of, yeah. you know, that, that but works. Again, I would argue this is the discernment part of just so much self analysis before I even do yes. that. Yes. So, uh, so God by his grace has put both of us as shepherds of Calvary church, the body here. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense of authority. So there's a sense mm-hmm. that I think we have God given authority to, even approach people and some of these conversations, correction, spiritual discipline, um, and yet examine ourselves to make sure there's not a sense of like, Oh, I'm loving the authority that I have in this moment. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. loving that. I don't have this sin and they do. (laughs) I love that. Um, in a sense they have to listen to me or I don't know Mm -hmm. all those things like examining yourself to make sure that those things are rooted out. Well, that kind of takes it towards the whole like plank guy, you know? So the, the spec and the plank, uh, which I liked. It was a great visual. Did you? I sent you a picture of it. Did you <laughs> yeah, like it? Yeah, I like that. That's good. <laughs> uh, I took a picture and I saw Samuel, your son, videoing it. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, he was sitting that. there videoing when you had the um, <laughs> when you had the plank up to your eye. Oh, that's that whole funny. Part. It looked really good. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, but that whole analogy is such a good analogy. Like it is. It's. I mean, do you yeah. think Jesus was making a joke? Do you think he was like smiling when you said that? Or do what, I don't know, it's hard to know intention or. Yeah, I think like a little bit of cheek, like a yeah. little, you know, just like a little bit of, like, yeah. you know. Or the people would at least respond with like, of course, that's ridiculous. Yeah, right? man, you're right. Yeah. So that, but that is that, that's a clear direction towards self, like examination, yes. repentance, like deal with your own stuff before you yes. go deal with other people's stuff. Yes. And we all got stuff to deal with. And I think like even the first Corinthians five isn't like, Hey, everybody give, if there's this person that's like having sexual sin within your community, it's all of our job to like fold our arms and look at them with like ugly, you know, <laughs> like ugly looks on our face yeah. and judge and be judgy. It's not, you know, I think this is more like, Hey, the leadership needs to deal with this, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, or if this is your friend, you need to be like, Hey man, this is, this is serious. Like we got to mm-hmm. deal with this. Like, yeah. This is important. I, I want God's best for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's key that I want God's best for you. Like mm-hmm. I think any type we have, anytime we come along someone with correction to point out sin, it's be out of love. Yeah. It's the classic, my child's playing on Tustin Avenue 
and they're having a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't do that. You're eventually going to get hurt. And yep. so I'm going to come tell you, stop doing that mm-hmm. because it's a loving act to remove you from a dangerous place. Yep. And I think that's hopefully the approach that we, we come alongside our brothers and sisters with. It's like, it's loving to point this out, to call this to attention yep. because you're going to get hurt. Yeah. And there, there is no condemnation like for those in Christ Jesus. Yes. Like, we aren't the ones to bring the condemnation. We're to bring some loving, gentle rebuke. Yeah. And then we are to, you know, and then it's like, should go, if they're like completely like, you know, get out of my face. I don't, you know, yeah. then you give them a little time to process. Cause sure. a lot of times everybody needs like a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, like, I don't, I don't think I even always like do well in the moment, no. like where you're trying to process pro- And then it's like maybe a day later, you're kind of like, ah, yeah. They're right. Dang yeah. it. You know, I need to work on I that. Know. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's so true. I think we're all naturally defensive when it comes mm-hmm. to like pointing out blind spots in our life or issues that we fall short. And yet that's when you hopefully as with, this is within the context of Christians, the spirit then does his good work to use mm-hmm. that correction, use those words to then convict mm-hmm. and then produce change. And mm-hmm. that now the question about how do you, how do you approach someone that's not a believer in some of these things? Um, sort of like someone sawing through the podcast studio. Yeah, I hear like a weird sound in the background. I don't know if the people are going to be able to hear that. Yeah, I don't know, but I do think there's some uh, construction happening. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, outside of the church, outside of Christians, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. There, I, I guess you approach it differently. Paul says it's isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, God will judge those on the outside. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it's a weird thing when Christians expect people who aren't believers to act like Christians. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, we want people to act respectfully and courteous Mm -hmm. and uh, with some form of like moral compass or whatever. But it is like the expectation of people who aren't believers to live out the sexual ethic that we have. Um, to live out the way we would think about money, mm-hmm. you know, some of that kind of stuff. It's just like, I don't know why they would. Yeah. They don't have like a, there's nothing that they way that they should reason they sure. should at some level. Yeah. Other than sort of a history of Christian like values. Sure. Um, but that's, you know, I don't know. That's an, it's an odd yeah, expectation. And I, and I, but I think we could as believers who feel like this ethic not only is, something we want to honor God with, but also it's the best way to live. Sure. I think there is some winsomeness that we can apply to non-believers of like, Hey, I wouldn't say it like this, but stats show that people that live together actually have a higher rate of divorce. Right. And so there's actually some, some interesting evidence that says that if if you wait for this commitment um, and then pair it with marriage, it actually has long-term benefits to that. So I don't know how you unpack that. Well, so what you just did wasn't judging. What you did was encouraging and influencing. Yeah. So it's like one thing to, I think it's very good for us to mm-hmm. encourage and influence and like yeah. motivate and like teach, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's another thing to be like, I can't believe you did that. You're terrible. Right. You know, like, right. well, you know, that's why I guess that's kind of more my point. Yeah. Cause I absolutely hundred percent agree with what you just now, said. Now, if a non-Christian though comes into a Christian context. Correct. And then I think you have some ability like if a non-Christian's like, hey, I want to serve in children's ministry yeah, uh, at your yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're like, well, here's our criteria for that. Well, you're judging me if I'm not a believer, but I want to serve. <laughs> I, I, I think there's some protection shepherding of the body. 
Yeah, it's of tricky. Course. Every situation yeah. and every yeah. person. I don't want to be like relative in our ethic, but there is a little bit of like situational, you know, like d- yeah. determination in some of these things. Yeah. Discernment. Um, someone wrote us. Um, it's like my friends, your friends, Martha and Gary Way, to go here to Calvary. Uh-huh. And after the sermon, they drove down to San Diego. So they text me. They're like, "Hey, on our, our drive down here, we're just talking about." What's the difference between discernment and judgment? Hmm. And what I shared yesterday was actually from Sky Jathani's book um, that we've been going over the summer. What if What if Jesus was serious? He talks about the difference of he says judgment is condemning someone and basically writing them off ever from receiving the grace of God. Like in other words, yeah, that's strong. You're you know, yeah. you're beyond God's grace. Yeah. If you repent right now, it's too late. Mm. Where discernment is. Um, more of like, hey, this is for protection. Um, this is um, not the best way to live. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not basically damning someone to hell mm-hmm. in your thoughts, attitudes, mm-hmm. or actions. Mm-hmm. That's how Jathani lays it out. It's kind of what I mentioned yesterday. I don't know if yeah. you have any other thoughts on the difference between. Now, the words are the same. If you look, if you chase the word judgment throughout the Bible, uh, New Testament particularly, it uses pretty much the same word in every situation. Um, so I don't know. Some people, Jathani actually argues it might be a different Greek word here in Luke 6, Matthew 7, oh, than it is in other parts. I didn't see that evidence. I don't know. He's smarter than me. So maybe he found stuff I didn't find. But um, <laughs> but it looked like 1 Corinthians 5. It feels like, like the, the same. same yeah, it feels like the same to yeah, me. Yeah, I haven't looked that up yet. Um, but I don't know. Do you have any, just off the top of your head, <sighs> yeah, there's any discernment and judgment? Yeah, because I do think like you to be discerning about who you would spend time with. Like, let's say like, like for myself, or I think for my like teenage children, let's like, I want them to have good discernment about not hanging out with certain people all the time because that's not going to be the best influence for them. Mm -hmm. Now I don't want them to be going around saying like, Oh, I don't hang out with you because you're a sinner. You know, Mm -hmm. you're, you do this and like judge them. I think uh, so that that feels like a, maybe an example of discernment versus judgment. Like Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, maybe the way Jatani is like describe defining judgment is like what the like first century like Greek word meant. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone when we're thinking about being judgy is like you're condemned to hell with no hope for redemption. <laughs> right. Like I don't think that's like what we're like people right. are doing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You yeah. Know, it feels a little that's like, a good point. It feels a little extra. Like it feels yeah. just or almost like a straw man argument where it's like, yeah, well, okay, like nobody's doing that. Really. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think like people are looking down on people. I yes. think that's like the judgment. Superiority. Like yeah, superiority. Yeah, you're less than me. You're, uh, I'm better than you, whatever, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's like, for me, that discernment is like, is this going to be, is this situation best for me or this person good to be good for me in mm-hmm. my life? Or like versus like, but judging them as like a, as a bad, bad, per- you're bad or right. you're, you're worthless or whatever. Well, we hear this a lot with like someone will come to Christ and they're mm-hmm. a new believer and they're like, I, I need to stop hanging out with my friends who are partying because yep. that's a place that's tempting for me and I don't want to live that way anymore. But then the friends can read into that. Of like, oh, since you become a Christian, you've gotten yeah. all like mightier than thou and yeah. you won't hang out with us anymore. And so that's tricky, right? From the non-believer perspective, it does feel like judgment. Mm-hmm. From the believer's perspective, it's discernment. Right. right? So maybe it even depends on <laughs> where you sit in the relationship. Yeah, that's true. Because I feel like I could hang out with people and not have like that sort of temptation, let's say, mm-hmm. or whatever. But like I, 
like somebody that's going to CR for alcohol issues, yes. like shouldn't be doing that. That's yes. discernment for them. Right. Yes, for sure. But I do get what you mean. Like that would be perceived as, as judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. So it's hard. Cause it's like, so does that look like a good conversation? Like, Hey, here's where I'm at, man. This is like yes. the stuff I'm dealing with now. That's a lot harder for a 15 year old. Like sure. they're not going <laughs> to, you know, go yeah. to the, the cool kids and say like, right. well, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, well, yeah. I don't know. No, but I think you're onto something. I think probably what a believer could do in that situation is communicate. Hey, mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. You'll always be my friend, Yep. but I'm walking this path with Jesus now. And this is an area that slips me up. Yeah. And so I'd love for you to come with me to this, or we could do other things together. Right. I just can't be in this place for right now. Right. And if that person could understand that, I think that would help. Mm-hmm. Could we go to lunch at jalapenos, but not go to the bar Friday night, Yeah, you know, or whatever, like right. that kind of situation. Sure. For, just depending on what you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's, that seems, that makes a ton of sense. But um, right. Hey, but write us, Martha and Gary or others, if you have, if there's like an aspect to, of it. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear other people's, this is a community question, but what's the difference between judgment and discernment? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, we did have another question that re- we, we answered. One person had a question about that, like mm-hmm. we, what you just said. And then we had another question about the sermon yesterday that I haven't actually <coughs> teed you up to yet, but it's okay because it's light. Okay, so it says, uh, hi, Matt. This is from Catherine Winovich. Uh-huh. Uh, I was wondering if you ever ended up finding a dentist during that <laughs> mission trip. You were yeah. telling the story about your horrible toothache during yesterday's sermon, and I felt uh, a good deal of sympathy for you. <laughs> I did. She said, I did have to step out of the service a little early. So please forgive me if during the last few minutes of the sermon, you finished the story. No, this is actually a problem for me. I often tell stories and like forget to tell like the yeah. second half of it. So um, I brought this up in my life group second hour because uh, someone else asked this too. So went to the dentist. Pastor saw he was drunk. Said we have to come back a different day, which also kind of scared me. Like, okay, so I guess we'll just yeah. see how sober he is tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then this is just a God story. Hmm. Like, I don't know if I got scared straight or what, but literally the pain in my tooth, my mouth went away that, Whoa, that day. Cool. And I was able to complete the rest of the missions trip another three weeks wow. uh, and come home. Um, wow. It was just, yeah, it was just God doing good work. That's amazing. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. Yeah. I wish I would have said that yesterday. Cause that would have been a neat kind of tag to the story. Yeah, it really would have been. <laughs> There's so many things, man, that like that clock's ticking and you're like, no, I got to get to my next slide. I know. But, um, but yeah, thanks Catherine for asking that question. Yeah, so was... yeah, God, God was gracious to me on that trip. <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. Um, I was trying to think if there's anything else from your sermon that I was wanting to dig into. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I do, uh, it like your little, the Nikki Gumbel story, like the bikes versus the cars. Yes. Don't you feel when that you're when you're in, training? I, I totally do. Yeah. When you're in the. Yeah, when I'm on my bike, I like hate everyone in cars. Yes. And then when I'm on a bike, I or I'm in a car, I hate everyone on bikes, even oh, as a cyclist. Yes. And I especially can't stand the Pelotons, like the big, but not so that's that. Sorry, that's the actual definition of the word, not the. Oh, I thought not, yeah, not the brand. Peloton means when you see 
when you see the giant group oh, of, yeah. of, um, of yeah. cyclists, like in a big pod that's called a peloton? together, that's the peloton. I'm today's years old. Yeah, there you go. realizing this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the in a race, it's like the yeah. main group. You'll have like a lead racer, mm-hmm. and then there's like the primary peloton. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's the definition of the word. <laughs> but like when those people are yes, like, they're, they're bold. bleeding into the like the yeah. lane instead of just the bike lane. They're yeah. in the car lane, and yeah, they're really bold. So anyway. Question but, on that, and yeah. I should know this probably from <laughs> the DMV and all this kind of stuff. Uh, as a bike, as, as you're on the road on a bike, on a road bike, you can pull in on the road and just act like a car, right? Like that's allowed. Yeah, I think if there's not a bike lane. Oh, is that the caveat? Yeah, if there's not a bike lane, okay. then you're allowed to. And even a lot of them, uh, a lot of like roads will have these signs that say like share the lane or uh-huh. something like that, you know? So like, or like you're, that's when you're like, especially like allowed huh. to be the car. Like, uh-huh. And so that's like to the car person. Oh, it's the worst. That's so annoying because yes. you're going 15 miles an hour or whatever yes. and 20 maybe. And like then all of a sudden people are just like, uh, it's like a 35 mile an hour zone or whatever. <laughs> yeah. My, my route from my house to Calvary church is a big bike area. Like oh, a lot yeah. of people ride through. I think they're cutting over to the um, river trail. Oh yeah. Um, you're right. And so, yeah, we'll get. Every once in a while, just somebody on their bike going 15 <laughs> right in front of us. It's like, it's always the day that I'm like, in a well, rush. I'm late every day, but well, that's it's the day I'm like needing to be here. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that was great. Great sermon yesterday. And I think just a good thing for us to just keep processing. It's yeah. Good for our church. I think it's been really good for our church to go through this Luke six yeah. chapter. Yeah. It's been really good. We're going to continue to go through it. Yeah. A few more weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, got one other question that I will answer from the brother-in-law. Oh, okay. Now, he did try to go behind our back with a different question. Yeah, he sent me a, you he sent me the secret texto, so. Yes. But uh he did say cuz he did have like an ad that he wanted us to do but I refused to do it. It's his work, but he <laughs> says his work won't pay, so we won't we won't do it. Plus I don't I don't know. It's like a mortgage company. I don't know how they'd actually give us a mortgage. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he has a more serious question. He says, I have another question for the pod. What advice do you have for talking to someone who either is currently deconstructing or has re- recently deconstructed their Christianity? Hmm. Um, so deconstruction, interesting word, because yeah. it's like... You've got like deconstructed, dechurched, and deconverted are some yeah. different words that people might use. Do you want to just quickly break down those yeah. three? Yeah. So deconverted is kind of like the most extreme mm-hmm. where that's like they, someone that's just like, I am not a Christian anymore. Yes. So like it's pretty self-explanatory deconverted. Yes. Um, so um, they've got, they say, I do not follow Jesus. I don't believe in Jesus. And that's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, then D so like, de church like i think just like i don't need to have like the formal church world, organized organized religion church, to yeah. follow jesus yeah and deconstructed is kind of like has some element could have elements of all of that mm-hmm. now it also i think deconstruction can sometimes be okay i want to take the beliefs that i've been given or i've received that i've received over my lifetime especially for someone that grew up in the in mm-hmm. the church right mm-hmm. and you've constructed a faith, like building mm-hmm. blocks of faith, let's say. And so you've got this this um, this faith, this religion, for lack of a better word, um, and what Christianity is. And then so you're beginning then to remove blocks, mm-hmm. uh, deconstructing that, breaking that down. Now, in my opinion, there can be a good version of sure. deconstruction that is um, where 
and I, I don't mean to just think this because I think I kind of did this at one point in my life, mm. but I do think at a certain point in my life in my 20s, I was like, okay, I want to take down the blocks that I think are just because of cultural Christianity mm -hmm. that aren't straight from the text, right, mm -hmm. from the Bible, and I want to take all those off and then say, what... Um, if I just had the Bible, this is kind of like a Francis Chan thing back when mm -hmm. we were when we were young adults. Like yeah. it was like if I just had the Bible, what would my faith look like? Yeah, you know. And I was like starting today, and it wasn't with like this two thousand years of of church history because and that has it's good and bad stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Church history has good and bad stuff, but there's all sorts of stuff you know like wrapped up in that um, from from like pre Reformation Catholicism to post like. Reformation, like American kind of Christianity sure. yeah. and sort of power dynamics yeah. um, and how did, how did things morph over time um, anyway? And so like, it can be good to like pull off this stuff yeah. that we, that we think and then kind of build it back up yeah. if that can be good. But then there's a lot of this now where it's like deconstructing is saying like, I'm going to take everything I believe and then I'm only going to like away and then I'm going to add the blocks that I like. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that are convenient for that me. That are convenient and that agree with all my friends, that yes. agree with the current sort of social climate, culture yes. climate, that. And then now I've got this sort of like we like kind of just like my, my truth or whatever, yeah. like Christianity in my eyes. Yes, I think you yeah. described that really well. I I think we all should be deconstructing all the time. Yes. There should be a sense of like, okay, what am I doing that's not biblical, yeah. but I'm kind of attaching yeah. to biblical methods or practices. Mm -hmm. So that should be a constant evaluation. Two things in my life that have been, I grew up, I mentioned this last week, but I grew up in a charismatic church yeah. as a young kid. There was things from that experience that yeah. um, I didn't like. Mm -hmm. And so through high school, being a young adult, I kind of rejected the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, I, that's actually a dramatic way to say. It. I shouldn't say I rejected. I just didn't. I didn't really have the Holy Spirit as like a, in his proper spirit. place in my yeah, life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was later in my 30s and now my 40s that I began to biblically look at. Okay, what's the role of the Holy Spirit, and how have I been neglecting, ignoring mm -hmm. His role in my life and in the church's life? And I think that's been a really helpful deconstruction in my life. Yeah, that's good. Um, another one has been. Um, I attached to my early 20s this idea of that if I'm following Jesus, there won't be problems in my life. It was a little mm -hmm. bit of like prosperity in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, and through some circumstances that were hard, it began to challenge that extra kind of biblical thing I'd attached to biblical Christianity mm -hmm. of like, no, actually God uses hard things to grow us. Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily A is B. There's, there's difficulties that God just allows us to go through. And so in my mind, those were healthy deconstruction things to do. Mm -hmm. What you're saying, though, is that um, maybe a negative deconstruction would be taking away biblical building blocks and then only putting in the ones that agree with how you already think. Yeah. Rather than letting the text read you, you're reading the text. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly it. And so um, it's like as if I was talking to someone as like kind of the question advice I would have like to someone that was doing this or in mm -hmm. the middle of this, I'd be like, okay, here's the deal. Like, I think it's, this can, you know, be like positive with them. Like this, this can be a really good thing to do actually. And I've had seasons of my life where I've done this too, you know, try to like, just mm -hmm. don't, don't other them, you know, try yeah. to like help them feel like you're like part of this with them, but say like the key to like any, if you even think about just this word, like and you think about an actual, if they were to tear down a building to build a new one, you know, it's like just tearing down a building 
is worthless. Mm-hmm. You have to build and yeah. then you have to think about, okay, what's going to be the foundation. Mm-hmm. You're going to choose something to be the foundation mm-hmm. and you have to either, you're going to choose what is like sort of currently acceptable in, in our, in our society, mm-hmm. or you're going to choose the scriptures mm-hmm. and, um, and like, what are you going to choose? Like really kind of like get them to wrestle with that. Would you say sinking sand versus rocks? Solid rock. <laughs> sure. Ooh. This might be a good. There you go. Might be a good connection to two weeks from now. There you go. There you go. Or, or uh, I will build build my life. Build my. <laughs> uh, that's true. So yeah, sinking sand or the yeah. Do you build your house upon the rock? Uh, so all that kind of stuff. So that foundation. So I don't know. I think that's in brief and maybe enough, but just. Yeah, that's the, the way I would go with this. I've never heard the word deconstruction in Christianity until about 10 years ago. I felt like it, this is kind of a, yeah. people have always questioned what they believe. I mean, Thomas, but yeah. it feels like there's this kind of movement of almost becoming like a, a group therapy of like, let's all deconstruct together and right. it's good. And it's, it's being authentic to yourself. And it, you just have to really have a lot of, again, discernment, wisdom, yeah. humility, Um, in that process. But I think we all should be doing it in some level. Yes, absolutely. So that's, um, that's good. Let's stay focused on our foundation as the the word of God. Yeah. Um, okay. I have a cool story. Okay. So last week we threw out this idea of with our building project, what if a thousand people gave a thousand dollars? Yeah. And according to our unscientific math or non-math, that's a million dollars. Still haven't totally confirmed that. And we, Still need like way more than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, threw that out there and uh, super humbled. One of our listeners, yeah, showed up here at church after hearing that pod and said, "I want to give a thousand dollars. I want to be one of the thousand people." Nice to give a thousand dollars. And uh, I don't know. I was just really touched by that. Yeah, that's cool. And so now we need nine hundred ninety nine more. <laughs> there you go. Plus, well, plus another yeah, maybe plus six hundred. Maybe some major donors. That yeah, added in. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but, super touched by that. So thank you, listener, for yeah. even that example of uh, of just saying I, I'm in. I want to be part mm-hmm. of what God's doing in just helping our church. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really really cool. So yeah, if, like. Just, I guess the thing we want you to be doing that we'd ask is just be praying about how you would respond to mm-hmm. that. Like we have this need, so pray, ask the Lord, how should you respond? And uh, how can we as a family who've been so generously, so generously provided for by the previous generations, right? Like of these mm-hmm. awesome buildings that we yeah. have and how can we then um, play like whatever our role is mm-hmm. in this era of yeah. Calvary Church. Right. So. Um, yeah, man, that's a really cool story. So thanks to, to you person out there. We appreciate that. Totally. Um, and, uh, yeah, this kind of thing does take like a bunch of people giving a thousand. It probably takes like a bunch of people giving 20 bucks that only have that much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then in, it probably takes a bunch of people that have more given like, you know, yeah. a little bit more too. Yeah. Um, there's all, it takes all those kinds and which is what's so cool. Like just to, it sees the, it, these kind of moments kind of do help like as much as we don't love have, having to do it, it does help the community kind of come together mm-hmm. in some way. So yeah, that's the prayer. Yeah, that's cool. And that means we have tomorrow night. If this comes out before that, that's right. We have our prayer night. Yeah. So if you're hearing this before Tuesday night, the 29th, uh, that is when we're having another prayer night. 
And then we got all sorts of cool stuff coming up this week with Alpha Course yes. kicking off. Freed Up, which is a uh, that's on Wednesday night. Sorry, Alpha Course Wednesday night, uh, which is like so. Just be praying, be inviting people mm-hmm. to come to that that would want to process uh, Jesus mm-hmm. uh, and their thoughts about Jesus and who he is and like why did he die and all that kind of stuff and. Then uh, Freed Up, which is like a class I'm thinking about your finances, how you kind of handle your finances, how you navigate like money in your life in, in a biblical way. So that could be really helpful. Uh, there's also what else? CR. CR. And then all of our student so, student programs yep. fire back up from first grade to high school. That's right. Um, and uh, CR, by the way, CR is Celebrate Recovery, yeah. just to like help people understand what that is. Um, so yeah, all sorts of cool things happening. Yeah, so. it's going to be really good. Wednesday nights at Calvary. Yeah. Oh, Eric and I have a, a dear friend who binge listened to the podcast uh, on a drive <laughs> from Arizona to California. <laughs> and uh, so he was joking with us that like, yeah, I'm like six months behind. And I'm like, I'm wondering like every week, I'm like, ooh, what's the next story that's going to happen? And <laughs> so if you're, if you're binging this a year from now, it's awesome. probably... Uh, who would have ever thought this was an evergreen podcast? Not me. <laughs> Not me, for sure. <laughs> I feel sorry for anyone that has to listen to us for more than one episode. Uh, all right. I think we're good? All right. So thank you, Matt Doan, and thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Boom. Thanks again for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. If you'd like to share any of your thoughts, please reach out to us at podcast at calvarylife.org. You can find out more about the show on Instagram at Calvary Life or on our website at calvarylife.org slash podcast.